Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Welcome everybody. Thank you for being here tonight. On a Wednesday night, you guys are like hardcore Christians. <laughs> and to you who are with us by live stream, God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being a part of our service tonight. As well as all you faithful podcast subscribers. Love you very much. Love hearing from you and like to continue to hear from you. And uh, thank you for subscribing and being a part of our service. We pray for you and we love you. But you should come to church sometime here. We're better live and in person. <laughs> but we'll take you however we can get you. Amen. God is good. And the devil can go straight to hell. Amen. And he will. But not you. You got an easy way provided for you. One that only requires one thing, believe. Aren't you grateful to God for the beautiful gospel? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and all your household shall be saved. What great news that is. I still can't get over that news. I still can't get over just how good that news is. Isn't that marvelous? We should never grow cold of the gospel, ever tired of saying it and thinking about it and just the awe and the wonder of this good news. Imagine what it must have been like for those shepherds that night when the angel just showed up. Yeah. Fear not. Yeah. The reason he said fear not is because they were fearing. <laughs> for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Yeah. And I like this, which shall be to all people. That's you. That's me. It shall be to all people for unto you. Is born this day in the city of David. Oh, I love that. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward man. Goodwill from who? From God himself. Goodwill toward man. I mean, we had the, the kind of a prequel to the good news right there from the angels. Saying, hey guys, this is a good thing. This is blowing our minds. God has become a man. He's with you. God really thinks you're special. He really does think a lot of you. He really does think a lot of you. Yeah. A lot. So much so. And the reason he thinks a lot of you is because he thinks a lot of his son. Yeah. And what his son did. Yeah. And is perfectly comfortable with you being seated in heavenly places. Yeah. With him. You, Not by works of righteousness that we've done. It's okay if I just kind of overflow for a second. <laughs> but my, by his mercy, he saved us. Mm, thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll do it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. As we're continuing to walk through the Gospels in... Uh, chronological order, we've come to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. And it reads as such, Therefore, 
Whoever hears, now whoever is that same whoever's there that's, that's also in this room? So uh, is this you? Okay, so we need to make the connection, right? Sometimes when you read about other people in the scriptures, you think, well, I, I'm, I'm not there. I'm excluded. That doesn't matter. It doesn't, I don't know. This is relevant because when it says whoever, that means whoever. Sometimes it's talking about the Jews. Sometimes it's talking about other people. But here, when it says whoever, that means, yes. oh, I'm in that crowd, yeah. right? Yeah. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house. Everybody say, built his house. On the rock. Who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew. Well, we've been knowing that around this area, haven't we? We've had lots of rain. And beat on that house, except, except for the last few days. It's been beautiful outside. And beat on that house, and it did not fall. Say, did not fall. For it was founded where? On the rock. Next verse. But everyone, are you in the everyone category? All right. (laughs) Everyone who hears these things in my land does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. That That is foolish. Verse 27. And the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell. And great was its fall. Father, thank you for this time together. Dear precious people, thank you, Lord, at all the potential at the preaching and the hearing of the Word of God. All the miracle power that's present. All the wisdom, the life, the health, the wholeness, the answers, the hope that we have in your living word. So we welcome your word to take entrance into our lives, spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Father, for your living words. Jesus, you said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Thank you. And we receive, we're here to receive from your spirit and from your life tonight. We want to know you more. It's, it's what God predestined us to do to be conformed to the image of his son. So tonight, Lord, we're, we're just taking a step deeper into you. We're getting to know you more. We're becoming more like you tonight. And so thank you now for doing what you can only do in this word through your anointing and through your power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Now this word for hear does not just mean to hear, it actually means to hear, to consider what is being said, and to understand what is being said. Hearing, considering what is being said, and understanding what is said. All right? Catch that. I mean, you, you mamas and daddies know what Jesus is talking about in hearing. Do you understand me? Hmm? You know what hearing to understand. I need you to repeat that back to me. What did I just say? Right? Do you understand? We don't need them to just hear us. We need them to understand. Right? Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him consider this. Let him understand this. These two people here in this 
parable that Jesus tells. Both of them, I want you to notice some things about them first. One was considered a wise man. The other one was considered a fool. And what's the difference? Well, let's, they both heard the same thing. Right? They both heard the saying of Jesus. All right? Check, check. They heard it, they considered it, and they understood it. So there's no, I, I, I didn't know, I didn't understand Jesus. No. They heard it, they considered it, they understood it. All right? Are we all on the same page here? Both of them. And both of them had the same kind of trouble come. The rain came to the wise man's house, and the rain came to the fool's house. The floods came to the wise man's house, and the flood came to the fool's house. The wind came to the wise man's house, and the wind came to the fool's house, and beat on their houses. But one house stood, and one house fell. So what's the difference? A choice. It's a choice. The choice they made, one acted on what he heard, considered, and understood, and the other simply did not. We see this in life all the time. We see it in marriages. We see it in business. We see it in churches, not this church, and not your marriages, and not your businesses. There was this little cafe that Heather and I used to like to frequent here in McKinney. It was called the Egg Basket Cafe. Anybody ever go to the Egg Basket Cafe when it was open? It was extremely short-lived. <laughs> but we loved their food. It was, over in, um, it was over in the plaza with Market Street grocery store over off of El Dorado and Ridge. We used to love to go there and, cause, because they had very good food, but they had horrific service. It was like toddlers trying to figure it out, like... <laughs> And they got this great food. And it's like they, nobody knew what they were doing there. And, and so, you know, understanding that, first of all, it was, a, it was new. It was a new place. And you, you, give, you cut them a break, right? Yeah. Do you cut them a break and that kind of? Yeah, yeah. All right. They're trying to get, they're working out the kinks. Well, so, so we thought, well, all right, we'll go back and, and give it another shot. And we went back and they got my order wrong completely. I mean, not even close to like what I ordered. And, and then Heather got it. But it took them forever to even come and you know, notice that we were in the building. So they're like, ah, man, that food's so good. Let's go back again. Then they got Heather's order wrong. I'm telling you, every time we went, there was an issue. Every time. Great food. Terrible service. Well, that's why they went out of business. Because you know what? Okay food is even forgivable if you got great service. Is this right, Rob? Hmm? But on the other hand, remember when Uncle Julio's opened up over on Allen? I, I'm not like a huge Uncle Julio's fan, but uh, at the time, Brandon Marshall was on our staff, and he loved it. So that was like 2008, somewhere around there. They opened up, and so Brandon said, oh, we should go. We could take our, our, the staff uh, to lunch there. And I said, okay, let's go. And uh, so they just opened up, and there we went, and, and, and this was an extremely busy day for them. I mean, they might have been open maybe Less than a week, all right? So there's tons of people at the restaurant. It takes us a while to get in there. When, but they hadn't worked out all the kinks yet either. And so we 
got our orders in and the food's not coming. But the, you know, the wait staff's attentive to us and they're, they're making sure to keep filling our baskets full of chips and our drinks filled. And, and finally, when the food did uh, come, out comes the manager with it. And um, she says, uh, she apologized for the long wait. And of course I said, ah, it's okay, I understand. I mean, you know, you guys are just getting going. She said, no, sir. This is unacceptable, actually. So lunch is on me today. Enjoy your meal. I was like, all right. <laughs> and Brandon Marshall doesn't order cheap meals. So I was like, cool, I don't have to pay for his lunch today. Um, it's unacceptable, she said. The fact that she saw that as unacceptable... That told me, these guys are here to stay, right? They're here to stay, and they're still there. This is 11 years ago. See, if you'll keep building on the rock, which is the truth of the Word of God in your marriage, in your career, in your schooling, in raising your kids, and soon-to-be grandkids, in your health, in your ministry, huh? you will continually overcome the adversities that come your way. The floods come, the rains come, the winds come, you're still standing, right? You're building your house on the rock, the rock. You'll succeed every time. So how do you know? I'm going to give you some, some thoughts to consider tonight and maybe just take into your life and meditate them on, on them the next few days. How do you know? How can you be sure that you are building on the rock? Well, as I was thinking about this, I thought about a few things that I know have helped my life. And one is have a vision. But let me clarify. I'm not talking about just having a vision. I'm talking about having vision that comes from the Word. Having vision that comes from the Word. Jesus says, whoever hears these sayings of mine is going to build their, their life. The house in this parable is our life. Will build their life on the rock. His Word is the rock, right? So as believers, first and foremost, when you make a decision, pardon me, my kids put me in this group text all of a sudden, and this is... I'm, I'm trying to shut it down right quick. Sorry. There. No more. You have a vision. That is vision from the Word. In other words, let me just say it like this. See it as God sees it. That's it. Let's, as a matter of fact, let's go to Genesis 15 for a moment, and we'll expound on that thought. After these things, the Word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. What came to Abram in a vision? The Word. The Word came in a vision. Not in, in yeah. hearing, but in a vision. You see that? He sees the Word in a vision. He's looking at something. The Word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So here, God is giving him some word pictures. Shield and exceedingly great reward. Shield what do, you, what do you think of when you think shield? I think Captain America. 
right? I'm your shield, which means I am your protector. Now, it's interesting. Why, why is God approaching him first thing like this? Because it says, after these things. What things? We've got to know what these things are so that we can kind of understand why we're here at this point and why the Lord is saying what he's saying. But you remember in Genesis chapter 14 when Abraham, actually he's not Abraham yet, he's still Abram, goes out and, and rescues his nephew Lot, right? There was a war, five kings versus four kings. The five kings were defeated by the four kings in their armies. So Abraham says, well, I guess I'm going to have to whip them. So he gets all, the, all his farmhands together, 318 of them against four nations with their kings and beats the dog out of all of them. They divide up in four groups too. So there's like roughly 90 apiece, right? 90 guys against an entire army and their king. And they beat them and they gather all the spoils of war. And he rescues Lot and they're coming back to deliver much of this to the king of Sodom in this place called the Valley of Shava, which is called the King's Valley. That's the, there was a time when only royalty got to enjoy certain places. You know, Cancun is one of those places, Cancun, Mexico. It used to just be only reserved for royalty. And so this King's Valley, the Valley of Shava, was the King's Valley. The common people could not go there. Abraham shows up there, and nobody says, hey, you're not a king, you're not... This tells us the kind of man Abraham was and the kind of stature and influence that he had that he was a contemporary among kings. And he, he, as he's walking toward this king of Sodom to bring the greeting and bring the spoils, in steps, ta-da, Melchizedek, king of Salem, the priest of the Most High God, and he's holding in his hands bread and wine. And he says, Blessed are you, Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hands. Abram, let me remind you, the reason 318 of you could whip up on four nations, because God is doing this. You're blessed of God. You're blessed of God. And upon hearing that, Abram responded and tithed to the priest. And then, you know, and then opens up, oh, then, then the king of Sodom tried to give Abram some of the spoils, and Abram said, no, no, no. You keep all the stuff. the stuff. The food that some of my guys ate, just let them keep that and we're good. I'm not going to have any man tell me that I made Abram rich. Because he heard this blessing. You are blessed of God, Abram. Right? God's the one who delivered your enemies into your hands. And think about it. What is the next thing that God says? I am your shield. I am your protector. And your exceedingly great reward. All those spoils. You turned those over to the king. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you for that. The word reward there literally means uh, compensation or even salary. Isn't that interesting? I'm going to pay you. I am your compensation. I am, in other words, let's, let's alliterate. I am your protector and I am your provider. Perpetual provider. Because when it says exceedingly great reward, the word great there, I love what this means. It means numerous or abundant. I am your exceedingly numerous reward. Notice he didn't say, I have exceedingly numerous rewards for you. I'm going to surround you with a shield. No, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. You know what that means? The protection ain't ever running out, and the provision ain't ever running out. Because as God, long as God is God, there's always protection and there's always provision. Woo! 
But look at how Abram responds. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Hey, Abram, I just said, I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your ship, but what will you give me? Seeing, watch, seeing I go childless. This vision that we have to have, see. What did he have? The word of the Lord came to him in a vision. But Abram wasn't really catching what God was saying in this moment because he's too wrapped up in what he is seeing with his natural eyes. He's looking at his surroundings, his natural surroundings, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. (laughs) Next, then Abram said, look, look, behold this, check this out. You say that, but this is where I'm living. I need you to look down far enough out of that lofty place called heaven where everything's wonderful. And I need you to look at me. I mean, that's great that you said all that, but this is where I'm living. I'm getting older. I followed you at 75 years old, left my house, and you said I was going to inherit a land and all that, and I'm still camping, (laughs) dwelling in tents, and I don't have any children. I have no future. There's no future. After me, it's over. Watch this. This is so important. Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. In other words, what he's saying is, the only way that this can happen, God, is that one of these servants is going to get all my stuff. Next, verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Now watch. Abram is looking at right now, isn't he? Look, I have no offspring. You've given me no offspring. And God says, will come. Abram, you're going somewhere. I'm taking you somewhere. I know where you are now. But this is where you're going. All right? This is where you're going. One who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Next, verse 5. Then he brought him outside. That is, God brought Abram outside and said, okay, I'm going to look, all right. I looked, and now I need you to look. All right? If you have to see something with your eyes, let's look at this. Then you can begin to just kind of get a, a small glimpse of what I'm seeing. Look now toward heaven. Look. When? Now. I know where you are now, but I need you to look now. Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. I am your exceedingly numerous reward. He said to them, so shall your descendants be. All right, so for now, while you're in this kind of immature stage of faith where you got to see it to believe it, then okay, look at the stars. If you can number them, That's how many kids you're going to have. I know where you are now, but this is my plan. All right, verse 6, and he believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. That one, yes. What, What happened? Abram caught the vision of the word of the Lord. He believed it. He caught the vision of the word. You know, God has said so many things 
God has made so many promises. And sometimes where you live and what those things are, what those promises are and what they're made up of, feel like a contradiction. Hmm? That's all Abraham's looking at is a contradiction, right? But he didn't stay in the contradiction. And what got him from little to nothing to getting exactly what God promised was faith. He believed. And that connected him to that destiny. That connected him to the reality of that word. Oh, boy, did his house start getting built. Hmm? So get a vision, a word vision. When, when you see what God sees, this is so powerful about God. You see possibilities, not obstacles. Huh? You see opportunities. More than you see opposition, we've talked about this open door series, right? Many times that opportunity is dressed up like opposition. But when you're seeing it, like you got that word vision, come on, turn to somebody and tell them, get a word vision. Get a word vision. See, you see the potential for your life. You read the word of God and it says this is what you can have, this is who you are, and you see all the potential. You see what life can truly be for you. You see that there is something better and there is absolutely so much more for you than what you're experiencing right now. Didn't Jesus say it so well? I have come that you may have life and abundance in this life. When he uses the word abundance, that means what he's telling you is there's always more. There's always more. And if you're going to experience what God has, you can never just settle. Never just accept things as they are. Get that word vision and let it burn. Let it burn in you. Let it burn in you. See what God says. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. The word for revelation here means that some of your Bibles may say where there is no vision. Right? And that is partly right. But the literal text says where there is no prophetic vision. Where there is no prophetic vision. What's prophetic vision? It's looking down the road. It's foretelling. Where there is no prophetic vision, one version even says where there is no progressive vision. I like that. The vision of God's always progressing. It's always looking down the road, always showing us wisdom. And Jesus said when the Spirit comes, he's going to guide you into all truth, and he's going to show you things to come. The vision that comes from God, from the Word of God, keeps you progressing, keeps you moving forward. And it says, happy is he who keeps the law. Well, you know that you're not under the law. So what does that mean for you? It just means happy are you who keep the word. You keep the word of God close to you. you keep it in, how do you keep it close to you? Keep it in your mouth. Keep it in your heart. Keep it in your thinking. Hmm? That's what it means. Happy is you who keeps the word. The word keeps means to guard it. You're going to have to guard the word. Didn't Jesus teach us that? Wherever the seed fell, there's the enemy who tries to come and get it. There's birds of the air. There's thorns. There's all kinds of things that are coming after that seed so it doesn't take root in you. So you've got to guard that thing. You've got to guard that word, and you've got to keep watch. You know what? I like this definition of the word keep. It also means to have charge of. You know what that means? Own it. Right? Own that word. Own that promise. And keep it because it'll take you forward. It's taking you further. It's bringing you into more. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. This is what Jesus said. Whoever Here's these sayings of mine and acts on them. Your life is going to be built on the rock. And the troubles that come that would blow other houses over easily, they're not going to knock your house down. 
It's not going to destroy your life because you're founded on the rock. So the winds will blow, the floods will come, the rain will descend, but don't be afraid. And that takes me to this next thought. And just give me, can we have a couple more minutes? Yes, you can, Pastor. Yes, you can. Yes, of course. Another, another, another way that you know and that, that you're building on this rock is enthusiasm, joy. I like being around enthusiastic people. I like an enthusiastic salesman, even though I know I'm not going to buy anything from them. But if they're enthusiastic about it, I'll sit there and let them talk. That's great. That's great. And maybe, maybe if they can, they're convincing enough, I might buy it. I don't know. But I just like somebody who's passionate about what they're doing. I like being around people who love what they're doing. They love to talk about it. They're excited about it. They can't stop talking about it. And I was thinking today I had uh, in my, I, I, one of the classes I teach at Christ for the Nations is Intro to Pastoral Ministry. And I had Pastor Derek and Jennifer come and share their five years of experience now. Can you believe they've been gone five and a half years, actually? And they were just telling some of the stories and, uh, of, from their church and some of the miracles that have taken place and where, where God has taken them. And, but it all started, it all started right over there in that house. And I, caught a, I saw a flash, I saw a vision of Derek standing behind the pulpit, which already that cracks me up because preaching for him was not even on the radar, right? Now he could prophesy, but he was not comfortable behind the pulpit. He didn't, you know, he liked to be behind the scenes, you know, always doing something with the media and all that stuff. But I just saw him and I saw him like, just saw him with his hand up and he was behind that pulpit in that Dallas campus just preaching. And I was like, whoa, Lord, what was that? Like he just, just gave me a shot of the future. And so at 1026, when back then we had 1030 service, 1026, I walked up to Derek as he's over at the house and he's about to walk over here and put on the guitar and play on the worship team. I said, hey, I want you to be praying about something. He said, oh, okay, what, what's up? Derek, his mind is usually bent toward negative. <laughs> at least it was back then. He's like, am I getting fired? What's going on here? He's like, I said, I want you to be praying about something. I said, I I believe the Lord wants you and Jennifer to go pastor that campus down there. And he's like, you're telling me this right now before I walk out? You know how nervous I get. And anyway, it was great because I knew this would be fun for him to just stand up there and shake in his pants. like. But he did. Got through the service. They went to lunch and went home. And then he told my sister. And um, he said, uh, I, I what, what do you think, Jennifer? And she says, I'm not going to think about it at all. The answer is no. We're absolutely not doing that. So Derek said, we, we got, you know, we took a step of faith and we got a yellow pad out and we drew a line down the middle and we put pros, <laughs> cons, pros to preach and teach, uh, cons, and the cons just went off the page, Right? So when they looked at it and they saw how unrealistic it was, they realized, all right, well, we'll call Pastor Eric tomorrow. We'll just tell him we're not interested. Something happened, though, in the night when they went to bed. Something happened. My sister woke up. She woke up crying, and she couldn't stop it. She said, all I could do, I dreamed about that church. Every time I'd, I'd wake up and go back to sleep, 
I was dreaming about that church in Dallas, dream after dream. And so she calls my brother. She says, I, I, I wanted to call my, my other brother because he's kind of black and white and was telling me how it is. She said, I called Brandon and I told him, I said, I'm bawling. I can't, I can't even, I'm, I'm dreaming about it. And Brandon said, well, you know what you got to do then. You got to go pastor that church. She said, I was afraid you are going to say that. And the next day we, we met and they said, we're going to do it. We're going to go. I mean, to, from emphatically no to we'll do it. Five and a half years later now, they're blowing and going there. But it was just a vision and preaching. And just a glimpse. It wasn't any more than that. But I knew what that was. This is the future. This is God talking. This is where where we're going. You know, um, there's something about that vision. And and when you become, when you're believing, there's something about faith. I feel like that faith is kin to enthusiasm. It's like you, when you believe in something, you get excited about it. And something about enthusiasm that gives you strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Laughter doeth good like a medicine, right? It's all those things. There's such health even for your physical body and your own, your own mind too. I just want to read a couple of scriptures to you. And I didn't give these to you, um, Bailey, on purpose. Because I just want, can I just wash over you with the word for just a moment? I want you to hear what the Bible says about this. Romans chapter 5 says this. Through Jesus, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And when you have a hope like we do, can we really have a bad day? I mean, honestly, if we, if we keep our perspective right, I know you can have a bad day, but a lot of times that happens because you get caught up in what's going on around you, right? But this says we have this hope and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Listen to Philippians 4. Paul says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Who's talking, who's talking about this? The guy who gets beat to pieces for saying things like this. For this message. And ultimately he lost his head over it. But he's telling the church, rejoice in the Lord always. You find something, uh, there's a secret to these guys. There's something about joy that Paul got, got a hold of that revelation of what joy me- meant for him. Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Wow. This enthusiasm, you got to have it. And you'll know that you're building your life on the right kinds of things because you have to be this constant bubbling up. This constant excitement. I like this. Uh, Peter says, though, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Yet believing. See, that's what I'm saying. They come together. Yet believing, you rejoice because you're seeing what he sees. Right? You're seeing what he sees. Romans uh, 15 says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Oh, in believing, in believing there's joy and peace, the fullness of them. Oh, I love that. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians, Paul tells the church, you received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> in other words, the pressure was on you. That's what that word affliction means. The pressure was on you. You were being pressured as Christians. There, there were all kinds of things coming against you. But when you heard the word, mm, 
you got joy right in the middle of all that pressure. Joy of the Holy Spirit. James 1 says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. This Christian life is wonderful, isn't it? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that you end, that, you, that in the end you win. That's what he said, basically. Because that this happens and then patience produces this and boom, 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 and you end up in hope. You know, because it's impossible for you to lose because God is on your side. So when trouble comes, that's the time to go, I feel like dancing. I feel like shouting. I feel like praising God. Because I know something good is happening. There's a victory that is laid out for me. Amen. There's a future and there is a hope in that future. Amen. Woo. John 16, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I don't know what that, I don't know what that, what good cheer is. Why don't you say be cheerful, but he says be of Good cheer. It kind of makes me think of when I was in high school. And there were some cheers that weren't all that good. But some cheers that get everybody going. Right? That's a good cheer. You got everybody in it. And Jesus said, be of good cheer. Right? Bring your best game. Bring your best praise. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. A T T A C K. Attack! 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 Yeah. <laughs> Is that one of them? <laughs> See, you can rejoice and be enthusiastic all the time, not because everything is going right, but because you're building your life on the Word of God. And you know, this trouble ain't gonna knock your house down. Okay, right quick, Jonna, come up here for just a moment. She told me this right before service, a testimony um, from our campus in Irving, and you see why I wanted you to say that. Yeah. Right, yeah, go do. for it, and we'll finish with uh, this. We've been walking with a couple, Rogene and her husband, Carrie, uh, for about a year now, and um, about four to five months ago, Carrie was diagnosed with cancer, and we actually saw a kind of a miraculous thing in the first place that he could... Uh, qualify for immunotherapy instead of um, radiation or whatever. But um, last Wednesday night, I was actually back here, and I was getting a phone call from Rogene, and she said that Carrie, he's in Arkansas, uh, building their retirement home, actually, <laughs> and she's here. She said that Carrie uh, couldn't breathe, and, and he went to the hospital, and he was turning blue. And so they admitted him. His lungs were f full of liquid and full of fluid, and um, he had had a reaction to one of the drugs. And so uh, she flew out there, and he had been on oxygen this whole time, hadn't progressed very much at all. And uh, we just believed in for him. We sent him stuff, and it was about Monday night or Tuesday morning, and um, they said, you know, you might not get out of here. You might never go home because your body's not responding, nothing's getting better. And so Carrie just had texted Brian, because he can't talk, because he's on oxygen. And he said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what, I don't know what to say to God, I don't, I don't know. And so Brian just texted him a very simple prayer to say. And he texted him a couple of scriptures to speak over himself. And so Rogene and Carrie together were saying, was saying this prayer and, and spoke the scripture. And 
Rogene texted me today, and she said about an hour after that, he went into the most peaceful sleep he had ever had in the hospital. For those of you who have done hospital stays, you know it's not very peaceful. <laughs> but she said about three times in the night, his body just was shook, like he'd shaken out a rug. And then the very next morning, he had 180'd completely. And they were able to take him off oxygen. Everything was gone, everything, and he got to go home today. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. And he's there right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. That beautiful? All I needed was that word. Right? All I needed was that word. Changed everything. Hmm. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Each day is just the same. I'm going to praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Come on, let's stand and bless the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't we lift our hands and bless his wonderful name tonight. Listen, you got the word of the living God. You got the word of the living God that is sharper and powerful than any two-edged sword. The answer, the provision, the help for every dimension, spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Lord for the promises that we have in you. They are always in Christ Jesus. Yes, and in him, amen. In other words, so be it. It's a done deal. Lord, all you're saying is, look, see it. Believe this. Don't be caught up by what's around you, by your surroundings. Heed these words of mine and live. Build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock. And their circumstances will not prevail. But you shall. You shall prevail. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth with singing. And the trees of the field shall clap their hands as you go. The earth rejoices at the sons and daughters of God. It's yearning for, groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. Thank you, Father, for these precious children of God. And I pray tonight that they be inspired by your word, be inspired, Lord. Choose to rejoice and not be dismayed. Choose to be of good cheer and not be afraid. Mm. Choose to only see what you're seeing, to believe what you say, to continue to build their house upon that rock each and every day in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. May his joy be bubbling up in you continually again and again and again and again and again and strengthen your mind and heart and spirit, soul and body. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you 
and be gracious to you and all of your house and give you peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.